918 on this Friday morning, and the situation that is paralyzing U.S. politics this week has been described many ways, none of them flattering. Um, if you've been following along, Kevin McCarthy has lost 11 consecutive votes now over three days in his attempt to become Speaker of the House. Uh, you need to win a majority. He can't. Comes up just short. Um, there's 20 Republican members of the House of Representatives that just refuse to throw their support behind him. And this has gone on for 11 times. It is an unprecedented streak of failure. And there appears to be no end in sight. Um, they're going to resume the process today. I don't know what the resolution is. I don't see any signs of that. But we're going to get some insight with Lauren Bell, who is a scholar of the U.S. Congress at Randolph-Macon College in Virginia. Lauren, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me. Good morning. You know, when we talk about this situation and how remarkable and extraordinary it is, uh, it really is. We haven't seen something like this in, in what, a hundred years? Uh, more than that. You At, at this point, now that uh, we're on vote number 12, you have to go back to uh, pre-U.S. Civil War, so pre-1861, uh, uh, to, to see a speakership election that's taken this many ballots. Unbelievable. Has there ever been, I mean, in recent modern history, anything remotely close to this? I mean, the closest in time would be 1923. Yeah. Uh, it was similar where you had a, a group of Republicans, although it was progressive Republicans back then, who wanted some concessions from what they considered to be the, the moderates or the establishment. Yeah. Um, but it's it's been a century, right? Uh, now, for for an outside observer watching this, it, it's kind of difficult to understand what what's going, why this yeah. is happening. You know, it's that old definition of insanity. You keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Why do they keep yeah. doing it? Nothing seems to change. Right. Well, I think the the challenge right now for Republicans is that it's not clear if it isn't McCarthy um, who it would be. And of course, the the majority party in Congress has the um, requirement to establish leadership of yeah. the chamber, and that's done by a majority vote. And right now you've got these 20 holdouts who are unwilling to, to bend, and so it's not clear what the alternative is. That's the question. Like, there's not an outside entity that will step in and, and arbitrate things. They're, they're, they have to sort this out themselves, right, one way or another. That's, that's right. Uh, the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution, makes Congress the... Um, the exclusive judge of its own rules, and these are the House rules, that they must elect a speaker before they can do any other business, including swearing in members. Right. So right now we have 434 members elect, but we don't have any members of Congress. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, this is, this is something that has to get sorted out before anything else can go on. And we keep hearing about negotiations and, and trying to work to a resolution. Obviously, no progress over three days. Do you anticipate anything different happening today or whenever, you know, however long this goes? Well, of course, I mean, I don't have any uh, special insight that, that others don't have, except to say that I've, I've chatted with some friends and colleagues who are um, involved in Republican politics on the Hill, and, and they tell me they don't, see that McCarthy has the votes. And frankly, he's been losing votes over time, right? As the vote, as the number of votes has gone on, he's gone from being able to get 203 votes to, to now 200 votes. That doesn't suggest that there's been a lot of progress um, in terms of these negotiations. And so I, I don't necessarily see anything different. Um, you know, I don't know what 
he would have to promise. He has essentially capitulated to all of the requests and demands, and that hasn't moved any votes. The other thing that I haven't seen a lot of people talking about, and I've wondered, is the Democrats. They, you know, they have more than enough votes to put McCarthy over the top if they wanted to and end this the next time it goes to a vote, and they could sort of short-circuit everything that the 20, um, you know, militant never-McCarthy voters are doing. They could just sort of cut them out, give him the support that he needs to get in. What's their role in all of this? They seem content to just sit back and watch the chaos. I think for now, that's that's right. Um, you know, the Republicans in the House of Representatives, and, and in fairness, the Democrats as well, there's not been a lot of bipartisanship or, or inter-party um, willingness to work together over the last several Congresses. And I don't think that the Democrats see that it would be to their advantage to um, help to elect McCarthy speaker. Now, if this goes on for several more rounds of voting or several more days or weeks even, I could see them being willing to talk about a compromise candidate, somebody that might be acceptable to to the Democrats. But again, I don't know who that would be. Um, you know, the flip side is the, the holdouts could simply, um, you know, cast a, a vote for Hakeem Jeffries, right? And they could end it as well, right. but, yeah. but they're not going to be willing to do that either. Um, so I think for now, Frankly, the Democrats don't have much of a role. Um, and I think, you know, the Democrats are very wary about taking responsibility for putting the Republican leadership in place. Ultimately, uh, it, it paralyzes Congress, for sure, but U.S. government in a lot of ways. I mean, this is a key plank in the way the whole operation op- works, and nothing can happen, right? Like, nothing can take place in Congress until this is resolved. Correct. As I mentioned, we don't even have members of the House of Representatives right now. They we don't exist, yeah. Elect. They, they don't exist, right? What What I would say is, at, at this point, I'm not terribly concerned. It's pretty typical for a new Congress to, to be gaveled in on January 3rd, elect its leadership, and then actually to recess for the rest of the month. Um, you know, Congress doesn't typically do a huge amount in January, even in a new Congress. Um, it, it, there's lots of reasons for that, not the least of which is, Members are all moving offices. New members are gearing up. They, they are hiring staff. So at this point, um, yes, we can say government is paralyzed. On the other hand, Congress doesn't typically do a lot right, right now. But if this goes on for multiple weeks and starts getting into February and March, which is really the height of um, a new Congress's kind of legislative gear up period, um, then I would start to have a lot more concern about the impact on on legislating and governing. It is fascinating to watch. Uh, Lauren, thank you so much for your insight. I appreciate it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. (laughs) And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.